Speaking of Gifts is the exclusive podcast of the Gifts and Decorative Accessories editorial team. Join us twice a month to discuss the latest news in the gift and home industries, plus hear exciting behind-the-scenes chatter on gift trends and interviews, get a sneak peek at upcoming features, and hear from surprise guests. Welcome back to Speaking of Gifts. You're here with your editor-in-chief, Lenise Willis. And Marie Earle, managing editor. And Alex Herring, senior editor. So you might have caught um, one of our big breaking news that we just had. It's actually about Gift for Life and their 28th annual Party for Life. Very big updates uh, for 2020. Um, Emory, I actually loved the subject line that you put on it, that they're having a dynamite party. Um, If you didn't click on it, first of all, shame on you. Um, But if you didn't click on it to get why we called it a dynamite party, it's actually because it's moving venues. So instead of being in New York in February, Party for Life will be in Atlanta January 15th, so a little bit earlier. And it's going to be an exciting new venue, the Fernbank Museum in Atlanta. So it's um, going to be in the Great Hall with all the dinosaur fossils, and it'll just be a really cool new atmosphere, you know, for the party. I'm very excited about that. Maybe we can learn a little something while we're there, which will be good. Um, and then other big news for that party. So Tom Felicia is actually now um, like an ambassador for Gift for Life. He's an honorary chairman for 2020. For those of you that don't know him, he is the interior design expert from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. So very big celebrity endorsement for Gift for Life. We're so happy to work with him and partner with him and have him on board. Um, he will be there and um, as a guest appearance. And we also are honoring Anne McGilvray um, for the Chuck Yancey Lifetime Achievement Award. So lots of special people are going to be there and just a lot of great stuff going on for Party for Life. We're actually going to bring on a special guest later in the episode to talk more about this breaking news. We're going to have Matthew Katzenson, uh, CEO of Fine Lines, but also the chair of Gift for Life. Tell us a little bit more about that exciting party, that exciting venue, and how we were able to get our celebrity ambassador for this year, um, Tom Felicia. In other news, the MPD Group reported that the U.S. toy sales are expected to grow for 2020. Compared to last year, dolls have been performing about the same, but they're expected to grow with the rise of two brands, the LOL Surprise Dolls and Barbie. Um, And with Frozen 2 coming out in November, that should certainly help with dolls. Uh, So aside from that, games and puzzles have been expected to grow for a while. Um, Alex, I know that you had just done a throwback Thursday about games being big in the 1930s during the Great Depression. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I was wondering if there's maybe some sort of correlation about the sale of toys and the state of the world, because uh, back in the 1930s, the 1932 issue of Gifts and Deck talked about how there was a rise in toys, games, and puzzles. Uh, Crossword puzzles were really, really big. And they talked about toys were popular with kids, but they were also popular with adults at the time as well. And they were saying it was probably a good distraction for people who were so stressed about being unemployed. They were spending so many more hours at home and having toys and games are things to get their mind off of. Not having a job, obviously. So um, not that I think we're in quite the dire straits of unemployment as in the Depression, but I think there is a lot going on in the world that uh, can make people feel sad. And so maybe that's why we're seeing more of a 
rise again in toys and games. It's just interesting, you know, history just, repeating itself. Yeah, it's just a good mood elevator too for people, especially when you're stressed out with negative news headlines. And so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the NPD group also said that, you know, right now a lot of people are nesting, they're staying home with the Huga movement kind of reaching into America. So people are staying in, they're finding things to do inside. Um, and then younger and older adults are engaging in play too. And social media has contributed because a lot of people are sharing noteworthy games. And not only U.S. toy sales, but holiday sales are expected to grow too. Um, pretty pretty large percentage-wise between 3.8 and 4.2%. Uh, so, you know, tariffs were a big question mark. They're expected to rise again December 15th, but right now spending doesn't look like it's going to be slowing at all. Um, compared to 2018, uh, again, 3.8% to 4.2%, um, but it'll amount to between $727.9 billion and $730.7 billion. The NRF chief economist Jack Kleinshens said that there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of distractions to make predictions difficult. So if it doesn't end up that way, it's just a prediction, but that's what they expect it to do. Yeah, and speaking of the holidays and what people will be spending money on for the holidays, Christmas World just released their holiday trends for 2020 and 2021. And uh, the guiding theme for all the trends is sort of based around family, community, things like that. But the three uh, big trends that they're looking at are Green Ritual, Silken Party, and Happy Get Together. For the Green Ritual one, um, they've talked a lot about the calm colors of vegetation. And I think this also correlates with what the color trend experts are saying at New York now this summer. They talked about greens was going to be a really big color. Um, they talked about green being nature's palette. So everything from like the dark forest greens of canopy trees um, to green tea, things like that. Well, it's all green in all shapes and forms, I guess. Yeah, people are definitely being much more focused on Mother Earth and helping the planet and sort of getting outdoors. So I can totally see that as a trend for next year. Yes, and so that is one. But they also talked about um, not just like the greens, but also the, the reddish browns, thinking about soil, dark leaves, fall that kind of thing. And we've talked about, you know, the desert before and all those warm, rich clay colors. Mm -hmm. So I can see Sunset that. palettes and yeah. the desert, yeah. Another one of the trends that Christmas World has pointed out is Silken Party. And this one's more inspired by fashion. So looking at delicate pastels, soft, creamy shades, uh, fresh feminine forms. Um, they said a lot of soft and organic and cloudy shapes. And honestly, some of the um, mood inspiration reminded me a bit of what I've seen in modern nursery decor. So I think um, there's definitely some correlations there. Yeah, and I know they mentioned like iridescent colorings too, which we've been seeing a lot of in the fashion category. So I definitely think like iridescent bows and bags and decor and ornaments and stuff like that will be big for 2022. Yes, definitely. And then the last one really again is the happy get-togethers. They still talked about sustainability, um, there being recycled colors, bottle green, um, and composite processes. So uh, lots of stuff that was more urban and chic, but still um, 
being very responsible about resources and making sure that uh, it's not doing any more damage to the environment. So I think all in all, sustainability is huge for all the styles that we're going to see coming out of next year. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, we also, I feel like I talk about just got to have it all the time. Those <laughs> girls are always doing something. <laughs> they are always growing and expanding. And so they uh, recently, a few weeks ago, had some big news about launching their new home division. So it officially launches in November of this year. Um, but they're, you know, the call is still open for um, participating brands and reps. So they're still looking for some key, um, you know, home brands to represent. Um, but yeah, it's a, you know, some people may think it's a little bit of a deviation for them. Um, and Barbara Knight, when she announced the news, I love how she said it because, you know, she talks about how much she loves hosting. And she said, um, this is a quote, as a host myself, I want to have the perfect setting without dreading the price tags. And she makes that, you know, very calls that out, um, that, um, you know, home decor, home is for any aspiring host. It's not just for the wealthy few because luxury is attainable for all. So home, um, it's a curated package of well-designed and stylish and affordable decor. And they are, you know, limiting to, to the brands that they represent to people that really feel like, you know, people that reflect the just gotta have it brand as well. Um, and um, with this new division comes a new opportunity for, you know, premier brands to, you know, finally get to work with just gotta have it. It comes at a really good time, too, because we just got in our gift book consumer survey information. Um, and apparently in home decor, households making under 50000 a year are the most likely to buy home decor in the coming year. Wow. So they're right on point with our consumer data. So I think that's so. awesome. Yeah. Gift Gap, your guide to the latest product trends and the stories behind the gifts. All right, so we've covered the holiday spending, but the holiday that's coming up closest to us is Halloween. So we do have some information from the NRF about how consumers are planning to spend Halloween. Um, they said that shoppers say they'll spend an average of $86.27, and that's just down a hair from last year's record year of $86.79. So they said this year is expected to be the third highest in the past 15 years of them doing a survey on Halloween spending. So I think that's a, I think the love of Halloween is not going away anywhere. I'm pretty sure that I spent that just on candy alone this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that is one of the most important things. Um, according to their survey, 69% uh, plan to hand out candy. 49% are going to decorate their home or their yard. I already have my zombie flamingos out in my yard. They look nice. wonderful. 47% uh, will be in a costume. 44 are going to carve a pumpkin. And then um, 32 said they will throw or attend a Halloween party. Um, so if you haven't looked at our featured gallery online, we've got a whole selection of gifts that will definitely help you if you are throwing or attending a party. If you know, you want to have a kind of a display of that in your store. Uh, we have got some really cute things in there. Uh, one of the things that Gan sent us were these um, these adorable little ghosts, and they have little hearts, and one of them says, um, I, you are my boo. <laughs> and one says, I love boo to the moon and back. So uh, really cute. So we have some of that, and then we also have some more 
creepy, spooky stuff. Uh, Fiesta Dinnerware has this gorgeous mystical Halloween collection, and it looks very vintagey, very uh, magical and mm. kind of sorcery. So yeah, there's definitely a wide range in there, and I definitely think that uh, you should check that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so October is not just the month of Halloween, it is also Fair Trade Month. So in this week's Friday Finds, we're going to be highlighting a few different companies that are all certified by the Fair Trade Federation. So buyers can be assured they have been vetted and verified that uh, everything that they do upholds to the very strict standards of Fair Trade. Um, and so we've got cool things in there. Um, we actually have this one company called uh, Lucia's Imports. They do um, hand-painted sugar skulls, and they are just gorgeous. They're made by Guatemalan artisans, and I definitely think that would be very attention-grabbing in any sort of display. Uh, and then there are also some holiday garlands from, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but DZI Handmade. Um, they work with Tibetan and Indian mm -hmm. and Nepalese artisans um, and they have, they said their top selling garland was the one of gingerbread men, but they also have some with peppermints and they uh, look oh. very festive. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah, I know, really, I know last year Day of the Dead stuff was huge and so I definitely think this year it's sort of carrying over into that as well, but we're still seeing a lot of the kind of skull sugar candies and the skull decorations and and that kind of stuff is still carrying on i just think it looks really cool mm -hmm. um and then um speaking of fair trade also so we're doing fair trade chocolates as our guest favors for our wedding oh, cool. it was like the other than the venue there was a second decision we made was chocolates for everyone <laughs> Um, but so there's a, a local cafe um, or chocolate lounge is what it's called um, that does fair trade chocolates and um, and they're also responsibly sourced and stuff too. So everyone will be getting truffles um, in May for our wedding favors. So we're definitely on trend, I suppose, with that. <laughs> we actually just got a shipment in um, maybe a week or two ago from a company called Tony's Choco Lonely. So good. Oh, so good. Their chocolate is amazing, and it helps to fight slavery because a lot of um, the cocoa farms in Africa employ, or they don't employ, they enslave workers mm -hmm. there. Um, so they've been fighting to combat that and, um, they pay fair prices for nice. their cocoa. That's and, awesome. Yeah. They also, I loved that they had the broken chain link stamped on the chocolates too, just to sort of, you know, help, um, really send that message home. Um, for what they're supporting. So, very good company. And they are in our featured gallery of Halloween finds because they had a new Halloween candy, so you can find out more about them by checking that gallery. Awesome. Um, moving on, we've got um, other news in the fashion world. Atlanta Apparel just released their key trends for spring and summer in 2020, and I am very excited that one of the key colors is one of my favorite colors, mint, and also cantaloupe. Um, so that will be all out there in next spring and summer. And then they also talked about some of the new um, silhouettes and styles that will be popular. Maxi length skirts, which is I always love. I love maxi length skirts. They are my favorite. They're so comfortable. You don't have to shave your legs. <laughs> uh, yep. And then ties, knots. And they also talked about, um, I've seen a lot of those tops lately that have the little 
tie at the waist mm -hmm. at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually found that I got stopped at the airport a couple of times because of that. <laughs> that's right. But apparently that's very on trend for next year. Um, so anything that has that sort of embellishment at the bottom by the waist or wraps, ties, uh, chains, anything around that area, I guess, giving it a little bit more attention. Um, and hair accessories was another big one and I've actually seen a lot of the scrunchies coming back so mm -hmm. scrunchies are definitely back mm -hmm. my daughter loves them <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're better for your hair aren't they because they're softer yeah than, like the rubber band type. they are mm. and they're wearing them as like bracelets now and oh, yeah, that's mixing true. and matching mm -hmm. that's actually true because I think every Almost every girl ends up having some sort of hairband on their wrist just to have available at all times. So that's a good point, making them decorative as bracelets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But if you don't like scrunchies, barrettes, headbands, uh, or Alice bands as they're called in England, uh, and then mermaid accessories like pearl seashells, those are all very popular. So Wait, how do you put those in your hair? What, mermaid embellishments? Yeah. Like, you know, those little hair clippies that have got the uh, pearls in them. And, and you just leave it in. pins, yeah. Oh. I'm into like it. Like combs or pins. Yeah. Oh, that okay. are decorated for mermaid. <laughs> I didn't describe it well, but um, yes, Are they called Alice bands because Alice in Wonderland was I, a headband? I think so. I just always called it that as a oh. child and didn't even realize that people here call them headbands because they were just always Alice bands to me. But yes, I think... That she is what made them iconic. Oh, okay. Yeah, fun, <laughs> fun facts. Um, but yeah, I actually will be talking with uh, Alejandra Trombetta, the fashion manager for Atlanta Apparel, when we're doing our resort wear feature in December. And uh, she's already said that she'd be happy to talk to me about that. So if you want to know more about what's going to be trending, especially in resort wear, uh, make sure you check out that feature in our December issue. Okay, well, I'd love to bring on Matt Katzenson, um, the chair for Gift for Life, who's going to give us some exciting updates. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Lenise, anything for you. You know that. So, oh, thank happy you to be so here. much. <laughs> um, so we were talking about, you know, Gift for Life's big news about moving party for life. And, you know, we've got a couple other updates. Tell us a little bit about um, why the board decided to move party for life and what exciting new venue it'll be in in January. Uh, well, um, the Gift for Life board made the big decision to move the Party for Life event um, from New York to Atlanta for a number of reasons. Number one, um, Ann McGilvery bought um, uh, uh, 225 Unlimited last year, and they're located in Atlanta. And Ann is the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award this um, coming January. So we felt like Number one, having the event there would really bring a lot of Ann's people and her vendors to the event. Also, because so many industry leaders are in Atlanta and showcasing there, have their own showrooms, key players in these organizations come to that market that we felt like it was really an opportunity for us to grow this event, expand our reach, uh, really include home into the game, which will be a big deal for us. Uh, and just kind of a change of venue really kind of freshens it up, brings new energy and allows for us to take Gift for Life to the next level. Yeah, I'm so excited about that Fernbank Museum and the Great Hall. The pictures online look super cool. So I think it's going to add a completely different vibe to our party, too, for our 28th annual Party for Life. 
No doubt. I mean, that venue is, again, another game changer. We used to have it in Central Park at the Boathouse, and um, that was a beautiful venue, and we did it there for many, many years. Um, we had to leave there for a number of reasons. It was going under renovation, and we never were able to capitalize on a venue quite as awesome as that. Yeah. And we feel like the Fern Bank really, again, changes the energy, brings us this tremendously fantastic venue. That great hall, like you said, is pretty spectacular. And uh, I think it'll really be fun for the attendees to just kind of be in that space and enjoy their time together. Yeah. And that's the room with like the giant dinosaur, right? Like the fossilized T-Rex. It has like a lot of fossilized bones and some really cool atmosphere, right? Are, are you a paleontologist? <laughs> What's going on with you? I know I sounded so professional the way I described the <laughs> well, dinosaur. you know what? I wish I could identify the dinosaur that's there and if it's actually true fossils or if it's just a really dramatic um, piece, but I'm guessing it's actually real fossils. And yeah, it's that great hall. Um, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool to be surrounded by those dinosaur fossils and and just that space is so grand and 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 big that it'll just be a fun place to have, have the event. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll learn a little something there too. I'll have to study up while I'm there so I can get the terminology I, I, I correct. I, I need to call my nephew who's like a paleontologist and ask him a couple of questions before I go <laughs> too. <laughs> Um, and so I also, so I have heard, I think, that um, Liesl um, from Ann McGilvray is a little bit competitive. And they oh have gosh. sort of, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. You mean Liesl Ludwig, yes. the CEO of Ann McGilvray? Oh, yeah. She's totally, well, first of all, we're great friends. And, uh, you know, she is really kind of taking the whole um, sponsorship piece on the Ann McGilvray side very seriously and really committed to raising more money than we ever have from an honoree, which is really a big step forward. And, you know, if there's anybody that can do it, it's Lisa Ludwig and her team, which is a tremendous team. Um, so we're excited about their commitment and their enthusiasm in helping us to raise money for DIFA and for HIV and AIDS. So that's a great, great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there a certain dollar amount that we're striving toward as a board? Can you speak a little bit about that? I can speak about our, our um, target number is a quarter million dollars is $250,000. Oh. And our stretch goal is 300. And we've put a sponsorship plan in place that's really different than one we've ever had before. We've been able to reach out to uh, IMC, the LA Mart, the Dallas Market Center, to the publications, Progressive Media, your organization and Great American, and really looking to create these sponsorship packages that really benefit the people that are donating larger sums of money um, to um, uh, Gift for Life and to the event, and, uh, and really getting a great return on their investment. And so um, our strategy is to, uh, to reach out to certain people and players in the game that have supported us in the past and new potential sponsors that will again, invigorate and bring some great new energy to the Party for Life event. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited about that. And speaking of new energy to the event, um, tell us a little bit about how in the world we were able to get our fabulous celebrity guest that's going to be there. Well, Tom Felicia mm -hmm. is our celebrity ambassador. We're not, we're, we want to change that word ambassador into something else. We're not sure yet. Um, but Tom uh, is the... A first designer 
or the designer on the first iteration of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And Tom Felice has built an incredible brand for himself over the past 20 years, um, being an interior designer, having his business based out of New York City, um, working with some of our industry leaders in the home um, uh, portion of our business, uh, being, uh, you know, licensing his work to the likes of Vanguard and uh, a couple of other really key vendors. Um, so he's a really in our game and he's in our wheelhouse. And uh, Russ Jones, who's one of our board members who works for Ivy Stone, has a relationship with Tom and Russ and uh, Doug Self, who's also a key player on our board and in the home business. Um, they both were like, hey, we should consider someone from our industry to kind of help to spearhead and be the face of Gift for Life for a year. We identified Tom. Um, I met him in Las Vegas at Summer Market. He was so nice and so great. Came to the Up on the Roof event. Um, found out that he was a former board member of DIFA, who's our beneficiary, oh, wow. Design Industry Foundation Fighting AIDS. So he has a relationship to our organization and uh, made the ask. And he said yes. And he will be attending the Party for Life event and being kind of our guest of honor. And uh, we're so privileged and happy to have him be a part of uh, our event and our organization for the next 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are so excited to go. Again, it's the 28th annual Party for Life for Gift for Life. It'll be in Atlanta, January 15th in 2020. Um, and you can probably go to giftsanddeck.com or um, giftforlife.org for more information. Absolutely. And uh, Lenise, thank you so much for the support. I just want to invite everyone to come to this great event. It's going to be a lot of fun and a beautiful night. And it's one of the best events of the year in our industry. So um, please, you're all welcome. And uh, we'd love to have you. And Lenise, thank you so much for your time and your support. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. We really appreciate it as always. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye, Lenise. Have a great weekend. Bye. You too. not time to check out yet. Here's an extra behind the scenes story before you go. So today I wanted to give a little backstory on a coffee vendor that we recently featured online. So we um, recently did a gift wrap post of cozy gifts, cozy items. And so I did one on coffee because I love a warm cup of coffee when it starts getting warm. I mean, cold. <laughs> I have warmth on the brain, obviously. Um, and actually, I drink hot coffee all year around, even when it's 90 degrees. But anyway, um, so I featured this coffee company called Utopian Coffee. So obviously, it's the most ideal coffee because given the name. Um, but no, they actually are a super awesome company. Um, I met them in the winter Atlanta temps, actually. Um, and the company started in 2006 because it wanted to bring craft roasted coffee to individuals throughout the U.S. So it is very delicious coffee, but it has a very cool charitable component. So they're actually committed um, to what they call relationship sourcing and holistic sustainability. So again, that sort of sustainable trend that we've been talking about. So they actually travel um, throughout the world to countries of origin in order to get to know these different farmers and help them to transition from, um, you know, using their plantation to fuel the cocaine industry into um, a coffee plantation, you know, and fueling this sort of healthier, um, more marketable industry, um, which I thought was really cool. 
Um, so, you know, switching cocaine fields to coffee plantations mm-hmm. is basically the gist of their story. But the coolest part about them, too, that I love, that on the packaging itself, so the bags are really beautiful. They're, like, blue with these little pops of red and yellow. Um, but on the back, they have, um, at least for the flavor that I tried, it had a specific farmer named Pablo, and it tells Pablo's story. Um, you know, he's from Colombia. He was, you know, growing for cocaine, and now he switched to coffee, and it sort of tells a little bit of his story. Um, and I think depending on what flavor you buy, the farmer's story is different. So even if you didn't have, um, you know, signage for in your store, the coffee is, I mean, the story is right there on the coffee you know, to sort of sell that story along with the product. So I really liked it. That's so amazing. And that reminds me of Bridgewater Candles because don't they have the children on the Mm -hmm. top of the candle who the food goes to? Yeah. Yeah, those cool hang tags. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I think it's very important for vendors to sort of help sell their own story for sure. Um, So Utopian Coffee is definitely doing that. Um, and if we ever do a backstory on them, the headline can be from cocaine to coffee. Yeah. Um, and then they also, um, you know, have a story about their all-female-owned co-op in Rwanda. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's united, um, you know, by the heartbreak of genocide, and they've been helping to support those women in, in that situation. Um, so, yeah, they're working, as they say, together we can create utopia and helping to create a better ideal world. And it's through coffee, one of my favorite drinks. So, perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to close up shop. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and tell your retailer friends to tune in next time. And we can't wait to see what's in store for the next episode on Speaking of Gifts.